0: You are listening to Kachib Newsletter Speaks, the podcast. This is Series 5, episode number 13, for Friday, November the 17th, 2023. It's JJ Sefton here, along with my good friend, co-blogger and co-host, CBD. CBD, good morning, my friend.
1: Good morning. Um, it's a lovely – it's actually not so lovely in northern New Jersey, <laughs> but uh, I'm um, in the final stages of making a huge pot of superb chicken stock for Thanksgiving. Uh, our traditional uh, starter is a squash soup, and I need good chicken stock for that. And damn, the whole house is just delicious smelling. Um, oh, yes. Anyway, enough of my yes. bragging.
0: <laughs> well, I, w- I will say for those for those wholly unaware of uh, you know of us uh, on the Ace of Spades uh, website, the CBD is uh, really a man of many talents, and one of them is uh, he does the wonderful food thread every every Sunday afternoon, evening, so stay tuned for that. He is a foodie extraordinaire, and um, one of these days I'll I'll, I'll hopefully taste some of his home cooking. I think I actually have tasted your home cooking once, but um, many, many, many moons ago. But anyway, enough of this frivolity and and goodness, let's get back to the uh, the insanity of what's going on in the world. And uh, just before we were were on the air, we were talking about uh, this latest uh, news story that happened yesterday, when evidently a letter, or a letter that uh, Osama bin Laden wrote to America, explaining why he did 9/11, this is you know a, a letter that posted 22 years ago now. All of a sudden, it's a viral rage across uh, this platform known as TikTok, and uh, TikTok is really TikTok really is a propaganda organ that, that is meant to sow discord. Uh, around the world, and especially here in the United States with our youth. And uh, some people have said, well, it's not really Bitlan's letter, but the, the salient point is this thing has gone viral, and so many American kids are starting to connect the dots and approve of what, uh, Isra- of what Hamas has done to Israel, to Israeli citizens, uh, because supposedly America is behind it, and America is just as culpable. And it's it's a hideous thing. And And my reaction is we, we got to get rid of TikTok. And and that well, raises an yeah. Issue. And, yeah, and that's
1: and that's the question: Should we get rid of TikTok? And folks, the the, the way TikTok works is that it it pushes a narrative uh, based on the the little reels that it that it sends to people, um, and their algorithm is, I think, pretty clearly controlled by a pro Chinese faction within TikTok, or let's be honest, probably the Chinese government, the communist government in China. And what they do is they they send these these reels that, you know, five, 10, 15 second reels to the great, you know, the the great knuckleheads uh, who are, you know, in their teens and 20s in the United States. And they accept it as the gospel. Well, you know, if you can control which reels these people see, then you can control what they think, because their their ability to. To manage the information that they get is lousy because they haven't been taught how to how to think what they've been taught is you know a bunch of multicultural bullshit in the schools for the last uh, generation. And so TikTok is taking advantage of that and driving the narrative to an extraordinary extent. And um in the case of Israel and the and the current war in Gaza, uh they are driving it away from the only liberal democracy in the in the Middle East in, in the Middle East and toward a savage 7th century group of animals who are perfectly willing to rape and pillage and torture and burn and murder and 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 do the horrible things that that we don't expect in a in a in a liberal democracy well it's not happening in israel it's happening because of hamas and the palestinian lunacy and tiktok is driving that narrative and it's terrifying and, and as sefton just said you know should should we ban it yeah I think we should. How do we do that? How do we go about it? Now, as Sefton said um, before we, we began this uh, podcast, it's a national security threat. And my first thought was, oh, no, 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 no. And then my second thought was, son of a bitch. He's exactly 100 percent correct.
0: Thank you, sir. I, I never get tired of hearing that, by the way. But <laughs> but it, it just, just as a point of clarification, um, while we before we get into the whole First Amendment issue of things, I think it's TikTok is not an independent player. TikTok as you said is indeed owned by the red Chinese because TikTok is a subsidiary of a company called Byte Dance, ByteDance, B Y T E D A N C E, and ByteDance is actually in fact uh run uh, and owned by the the People's Republic of China. Uh, and and their security apparatus or whatever the whatever the bureaucracy happens to be uh, in in China, so it's a, it's a clear case of you know we we should be getting rid of it. They are agents provocateur that are that are literally causing havoc in our society. And I believe maybe I don't know six months to a year ago there was some legislation wasn't there that was brought up uh, in Congress to to ban TikTok. And evidently I don't know what the status is. I believe. I believe it may have been banned only by the use of anybody who's in the U.S. military, which is, you know, well whatever, considering the infiltration the Chinese have everywhere. But, but the fact that it's allowed to run rampant and, and, and to be used, it's not an independent media organization, even an organization like, let's say, CNN, to an extent, or even I'll even go as far as, say, Al Jazeera, which for sure are, you know, there are state actors who are anti-American and CNN is just a left-wing you know, a left-wing hack, a propaganda mill. But at the end of the day, CNN is an American company. And they are, whether you like it or not, they are afforded the protections of the First Amendment to the extent that they cannot, um, you know, broadcast libelous or slanderous things or things that incite violence and so on and so forth but tiktok to me is cut and dry it it needs to go and the other problem that you that you touched upon cbd it's not even so much that tiktok is driving it it's the fact that we have these youth today three or four generations of american youth whose minds have been totally poisoned in anti not only anti-semitism but just anti-Americanism and anti Western values in general. So it's only natural that this thing would go viral. It's not that TikTok magically made it happen. It's just that TikTok just reinforces all the crap that that American youth have been taught in, in the schools. And that's the problem.
1: Well, what little they have been taught in the schools. Exactly. And and you know, they they have this huge these huge gaps in their knowledge of, of basic human history, and and they they Accept as gospel these these ten or fifteen second reels that TikTok pumps uh, onto their cell phone, onto their mobile phones, and and you know it's it's a an outrageous manipulation of reality, and they're very happy to watch these these things, and and you know I understand you know it it, it it's it's easy there's there's no thought involved, but what what people don't understand is that they are passively absorbing. This catastrophically wrong information and this manipulation, and uh, we have what we have today, and that is that you know the majority on the college campuses of America believe that that Hamas is in the right, that they they had a right to to go into Israel and rape and pillage and murder and and, and do things that are almost unbelievable, even even in, I, I, and I speak as a as a as a amateur student of history, and I know exactly how bad man can be, how evil we can be. And yet I I was a little shocked at at what Hamas did.
0: Yeah, it's it's one thing to believe the propaganda of, let's say, Israel being an illegitimate occupier of, quote unquote, Palestine, or to support, let's say, if it was a legitimate or a, a you know, a military attack that would avoid civilians. And if Hamas were to just be you know, an army that went after a military base, like let's say the Japanese did to Pearl Harbor. That you could sort of kind of understand somebody being, oh, yes, well, you know, they're righting a wrong. They have every right to do this. But the fact of the matter is they came in and literally were roasting babies alive in front of their parents. Rape. I mean, insanity like that. The, The motive of the attack was not necessarily liberating, quote unquote, Palestine, but it was killing Jews. And that is what they're supporting. Whether they want to accept that as the reality or not, they're actively cheering it on because we have the footage and nobody is saying it's faked, it's this, it's that. We have the Hamas body cams that people, well, they sh- it should be released much wider, but it has not been released widely, but, but there you have it. But it speaks to another problem, CBD, in that you know, we talk about banning TikTok. For for this egregious, um, you know, uh, mind-numbing propaganda and incitement, really, with 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 these, uh, you know, with with this Bin Laden letter, among other things. But look at the schools, the anti-Semitism that's happening today, as bad as it is, and it's ho- as horrible as it is, and as a wake-up call to many, many people. Not enough, in my estimation, but many people that's just merely a microcosm, as I mentioned, of the anti-American and anti-Western values that have been uh, propagandized in America's schools. So it's one thing to ban TikTok. Now, how do we go into the schools and ban and banish the curriculum, such as the 1619 Project, uh, the Ibram excrement, how to be an anti-racist, and so on and so forth. So as I've said, the left will always use the First Amendment as a shield and a cudgel, you know, a shield to prevent them from being, uh, you know, a cudgel to to whip us and to to beat us up with with their views. But at the same time, they hide behind the First Amendment saying, well, we have a right to teach this, don't we? You know, that's uh, actually a very interesting
1: point. If if the youth of America are being taught to hate America, then of course, they're going to hate Israel, because Israel is a liberal democracy. It's based on 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 the concepts of individual freedom and And liberty, and and self determination, and the idea of the individual, Uh, you know, there are obvious differences between um, the United States and Israel, but they are both as founded, democracy. Well, let's use the general word democracy. Yeah. And so, of course, it makes as you say, it makes perfect sense. They're taught to hate hate America. Of course, they're going to hate Israel. And, and the question of how to change it, well, you know, uh, the, the long march through our institutions, at least in education, is complete. Uh, and the left has succeeded. They have destroyed American education and they have created a monster. And how to change that, uh, boy, <laughs> I don't yeah. know.
0: Well, because, yeah, I mean, I postulate, well, OK, so let's say whatever happens and somehow we we, we do take over the reins of most of government if we can, or even at the state, federal, even local level. So now you want to go in and you want to fire, let's say a teacher or a professor who is a, a revolting leftist Marxist. They'll, they'll sue you for saying, you can't do that. I have the first amendment rights and I have a right to, to teach, you know, what I want to teach. So now all of a sudden you have like the parents in Loudoun County, Virginia, who protested the the curriculum, uh, that, that their that their that their children were being inundated with, along with literally the rape of some of you know by these transsexual children, uh, boys going into girls' rooms. So if they protest that and they want this stopped, you have the government saying, "Well, <laughs> it's amazing." I think Gavin Newsom and a, and a bunch of other crazy left-wing knuckleheads said, "Well." once a child is in our care, you have parents have no right to tell us what we're going to teach them. And I'm going, you've got to be effing kidding me. But no, they're, they're serious as a heart attack. And that's why the National Association of School Boards colluded with the White House to to try to, uh, to have the DOJ deem these parents as literal terrorists and threats to the national security. So it's just, you know, you got to just scratch your head. I mean, how are we going to how are we going to fight that? When not only they're going to hide behind the First Amendment, but now you have an illegitimate government that's going to claim that parents are terrorists because they oppose the curriculum being taught to their children. So,
1: well, you know. the thing is that that uh, from the perspective of the of the DOJ and and the hard left, we are terrorists. So yeah. it makes perfect sense for them. Anyway, let let's let's move on. I was uh, you know I was looking on the. Um, yeah looking at the headlines over the last couple of days i noticed something very um quite satisfying and that is that uh starbucks um is going to be struck by uh a group of their uh, of their workers um <laughs> they, they have a, a there's a starbucks union starbucks workers united and it, it, they don't really represent that many people uh 9 or 10,000 people um but uh, it it just it just warms the cockles of my cold dark black heart that Starbucks <laughs> is going to get fucked up the ass because because of mm. uh, the way they treat the uh, their um their employees and they treat their employees very well so uh, anyway I just got a chuckle yep. out of that I, what what well, do you think what do you think well, of Starbucks be, I mean
0: well it couldn't have happened to a nicer company in so far as. Well, 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 Let me just first say this, this about it. Uh, I remember maybe two or three years ago when there was a whole big kerfluffle that, um, like Starbucks had had some kind of thing where they were they were, you couldn't kick out um, homeless people and drug addicts because it was a violation of their rights or something, and Starbucks wanted to do this, and there was some big big to do about it. And I think maybe in the last election, remember when Howard Schultz, the CEO, I think he'd be still the CEO, didn't he run for president under the Democrat ticket or something? And <laughs> he, he got totally reamed by the Marxists. So, you know, and the, on the one hand, I'm the like Starbucks coffee. And it is good coffee. Not, oh, I'm, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: Not, Stop. Not Stop, right Stop right now.
1: Stop right
0: now. You don't like Starbucks coffee? Oh, it's
1: terrible. It's, it's over roasted. It's burned. It's awful and well, and in, and the only the only coffee that i would ever drink at a starbucks is their espresso because they clean their machines uh okay. consistently I, I, and so it's not sour and bitter but oh, but their regular coffee is terrible
0: okay let I'm me shocked. Hey,
1: I, okay. I i i don't know i i'm at a loss for words actually that's not true i'm never at a loss <laughs> for words you're, never hey, you're absolutely wrong my god now the fundamental differences appear okay uh, well,
0: here we yeah here we go this is the most important thing Liz. <laughs> Here's the deal, though. When I say Starbucks coffee, I mean, the ground, for me, the ground coffee that comes at the supermarket. That's good coffee. I like that. It is strong. When you talk about Starbucks and you go to the restaurant experience, oh, yeah, it's terrible because you never know from one barista to the next what the hell they're doing. They have no idea how to operate that machine and to do it properly. So I agree with that. I would never go into the store itself. Number one for the aforementioned fact that they let the winos, transsexuals, and and uh, and drug addicts uh, roam freely. But the other reason is that just you know they, you can never get a, the same cup of coffee consistently from day to day. But that's another story. The ground coffee you get at the supermarket is fine. But circling back, j- uh, sake circling back to Starbucks in general. Yeah, you know they they went woke or they 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 wooed the woke. So now let them go broke. I have no. I have no pity on them at all. Plus, the fact that the goddamn union is pro Hamas, so they oh, can really they yeah. could really burn in hell on, on that. But anyway, <laughs> boy, what a, what a controversy to, for, for for the weekend! Oh my God, Starbucks terrible. Good, we don't know. Well, you are the food expert, so I will I defer uh, unto you, my friend. So what else the, you got?
1: Oh, the <laughs> next thing I noticed, which uh, is just delicious, just delightful, that is that Bud Light paid uh, Dylan Mulvaney one hundred eighty five grand. For that marketing campaign and you know in and that apparently it's been demonstrated that yeah it was 185 grand probably more but let's face it uh we'll take what we can get and and that's you know the the ceo lied oh it was a single custom can and it's this is much ado about nothing well you're a liar so uh they're they're getting smacked around a bit now uh and and it's just great and and it you know uh, first of all, I don't buy Bud products anymore. I, I usually, I, I didn't buy much of it anyway. Um, I, my taste in beer is a little bit different than that, but um, no, I won't buy Bud Light. I will not buy Budweiser. And uh, if if I know that a beer is a uh, Anheuser Busch product, I will not buy it. And uh, that, folks, you should do the same. Drink anything but, because they need to get punished, and they are being punished, obviously, but they need oh, to get absolutely. punished more and more and more.
0: Oh, absolutely. AB InBev is taking a real dive. I mean, they really—they screwed themselves. So, I mean, whether the fact that they—and this, is like anything—it's—it's it's not the crime; it's the cover-up. If the CEO of the company had come forward and said, "Look, we made a mistake in hiring this this crazy-ass woman who was the uh, the marketing executive who literally destroyed our brand, and never again will we do this," you know, okay, it's a Mia culpa. You know, maybe you'll you'll sort of salvage yourself. But as you say, CBD, he freaking lied. And he did and he lied, he he, he didn't care about this. And it speaks to the point where we talked about a number of weeks back, maybe with, uh, maybe with Mannix, when he was on with us about the the CEO of, uh, of Ford and just, just totally not, or yeah, maybe Ford or GM, not giving a shit during the the height of the auto, the UAW strike. The fact that, uh, you know, we're going to go green and we're going to go electric and to hell with our customers. Uh, This is just, you know, you want to do that. You know, I would say it's your company, but I mean, uh, you know, not good. You can't just, well, you can do it. If they're going to do it, they're going to do it. There's nothing you, you can do. And so how many of these corporations are out there? How many of these, these skulls full of mush now occupy the C-suites and are going to literally, they'll, they'll take down the American uh, enterprise fr- from within. From, from, okay. They don't even care. It's,
1: man. You know, I, I, it's actually an interesting uh, question. What What is the, what is the purpose of a, of a corporation? And of course the answer is, traditionally to enhance shareholder value that's it that's their only function um and then i I don't know when this happened but i certainly you know 30 30 years ago when i I was in corporate america um their their corporations had relate or at least the large corporations had relationships with charities and and uh you know local organizations and i think that has morphed into what we have today which is Really, the destruction of the traditional corporation um, and it, they ha- many of them have become simply front groups for you know pet charities and and pet worldviews of the people in charge and it's it's terrifying. so yeah. the, the real mm-hmm. question oh. is how, how do you fix that? well that's that's a tough one. That's like fixing education because it is one and the same thing.
0: Right. It's there it is. It's come. Kind of whatever, whatever the everything is, you know, as, as the great Andrew Breitbart said, uh, you know, politics is downstream from culture. But unfortunately, culture is downstream not only from education, but also from the home. And, you know, we talked about the parents who are fighting back, but I think it was Megan Kelly who, who had a reaction to the to uh, this this letter from bin Laden and the fact that it went viral on TikTok. She was basically blasting the parents of these children. And she's right, right to do that. It's like you're the ones who created these monsters because your views were, you know, way back when were pretty much the same. You hated America. You're, you, you're, you, you were railing against corporate America. You were railing against Republicans and this and that and the other thing. And, you know, as you, as you have sown, so shall ye reap. And the parents are the ones that are direct, these parents in, in, any, in any event are the ones that are directly responsible for this. But, you know, it was about 50, over 50 years ago, the great Milton Friedman wrote an article I forgot where it was. And he basically predicted it. And I can't remember, I can't quote it verbatim, but there was a great line that he said. So you talk about, you know, corporations and companies, uh, you know, and business is not in the business to make f- people feel good or to feel better or to do whatever, or to do good. The bottom line of a business is the bottom line of the business. It is to make a profit. And how, you know, the fact that he, Oh God, he saw this crap so many, many, many years ago, and, and it's a it's a it's a lesson that nobody wants to learn, or is certainly being prevented as as we pointed out, CBD it is prevented from being learned in the schools, and in fact, it's just the opposite. You know, as as corporate corporations are being you know demonized, they're being taken over from within, and they're being you know directed to be. You know, to do the right thing, which is to be diverse, uh, to, to not uh, pollute the environment, to not cause global warming and so on, so on and so forth, until they completely go out of business, and then, uh, and then everything will be sweetness and light. Horrible. Yellow. I think he turned off his microphone again, ladies and gentlemen, or he's checking his chicken stock.
1: No, no, you're, you're right. I did turn off my microphone, and <laughs> I, I, was, I said something incredibly brilliant, and the world will never know. Anyway, um, <laughs> speaking of global Speaking it's of global warming, nice. there's an excellent article over at Ace of Spades this morning uh, by Buck Throckmorton, one of the co-bloggers. Oh, he's a Yeah, he, he's amazing. And uh, he's he's talking about you know a simple, simple, uh, supposedly objective thing called measurement of temperature. And <laughs> his point is that the NOAA, uh, the government uh, body, Uh, tasked with measuring temperature lies they've been lying for a long long time in fact they are i know i know people people sit down i I realize how (laughs) shocking it is that our government is lying to us um anyway uh, folks go read it it's the morning rant um it's been up for uh about half an hour and it is absolutely worth a read um he's his point is that uh that the government has is using these what they call ghost stations These are uh, temperature measurement stations that are no longer active. They're broken. They were taken out of operation. They're gone. You know, they're paved over. Who the hell knows? And they're still using the data. And where do they get the data? They make it up.
0: Absolutely. I I I remember many years ago now, there was a, I think there was a film, if you can find it on YouTube, if you haven't taken it down, it was called The Great Global Warming Swindle. And basically one of the things that, you know, Michael Mann and these other knuckleheads from whether the, it's the East Anglia Climate Research Institute or University of Pennsylvania, whoever came up with the so-called that wonderful hockey stick graph, which has been totally debunked. A lot of these, what these temperature stations, uh, were placed, you know, on the rooftop of a gas station or of a, a you know, of, of a restaurant, uh, you know, a vent hood in Death Valley or in a parking lot somewhere in the desert or, or wherever. And they were, of course, they were getting these crazy readings of that, that temperatures were going up because that's what they were reading. Now, CB, you're just saying, well, the thing's broken. They're just like, you know, just making bullshit numbers. It's a total crock of shit. The same thing with the so-called tree ring thing—that was—that was was the proof positive that the Earth temperatures are going wild and we're going to be, you know, we're going to boil ourselves to death. What did they do? They sampled three thousand trees, and of the three thousand trees, only one of them had an anomalous reading, and that was the reading that they used to show that there was global warming. I mean, it's just—it's such a scam, and it's and the sad thing is the more and more that it's being revealed as a scam and the more we see that it's a scam, the more that the government and the powers that be and so on and so forth are doubling down on destroying fossil fuels and destroying light bulbs and destroying toasters and, you know, and uh, making us, uh, making us eat Z bugs.
1: Yes. Eat Z bugs. Um, <laughs> you know, concurrent with that, there was a, an interesting report mm-hmm. that uh, where, is, let's see if I can dig it up. I can't dig it up, but um, apparently um, the cancer rates in children in the United States have dropped significantly in the last uh, who the hell knows how many years, um, and in, and it flies in the face of oh here it is child and teen cancer deaths are down 24 percent in the past two wow. decades.
0: That's so,
1: but that flies in the face of of the of this this drumbeat that you know the the that the world is falling apart that we're all getting sick that we're going to die early that you know that that it's a catastrophe and we just have to fix it well show me where the natural world is worse off now than it was 2 decades ago and i will i will buy that narrative i will accept your your propaganda but you can't you can't show me that because it is not true and that's really the really the only answer listen sefton and i are of an age that we remember the filth in in America in the seventies—how dirty America was! It was polluted. It was it was littered everywhere. Um, we're both from a, in the New York area, and you know, I, I don't know if you remember this, Sefton, but uh, you know, remember the burned-out hulks of cars that lined most of the um, most of the highways around New York. Um, oh, yeah. You know, the, the, the entire fields covered with garbage, and you know, you drive around now, and it's magnificent in comparison. Our, our skies are clear, we, our air is not polluted, our ground is not polluted, America is clean. It is a much, much better physical place than it was just a couple of decades ago, ago and certainly 50 years ago.
0: Indeed, and and it just, but the thing is CBD, it, it, the, 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 the issue is not necessarily, which I'm, I love that it is, the issue is not necessarily the cleanliness of our environment. But the issue that is being, that we are being foisted upon is um, the fact that man's activities, as clean as they are now and that they've ever been, uh, are causing a catastrophic climate crisis wherein global temperatures are rising because of our activities, be they fossil fuels, industry, and so on and so forth. And as I've stated, and I and I agree with you, and we we would all concur, it is imperative to have the cleanest environment that we possibly can. I'm all in favor of that, but I am not going to deindustrialize myself and drive us back to the. 12th century, where our lives will be miserable and brutish, and we'll be eating sea bugs if we can even get sea bugs in order to, to satiate some wackadoo notion that if we don't do that, we're going to destroy the planet and just des- destroy our, our, destroy the climate. That's what I a thought property. the planet
1: was already destroyed.
0: Exactly. The planet is destroyed. Yeah. Well, uh,
1: did, what's his name? Uh, Gore. Didn't he announce? I mean, we, what, what do we have t- 10 years to go? 20 years yeah, ago?
0: That was 20 years ago. We had 10 years ago. Yeah, so
1: we've been dead for 10 years. We just don't know it.
0: We just don't know it. Exactly. But, you know, you, you, there was an article, by the way, going back to this thing about the cancer rates, there was an article that I saw, though, that um, the life expectancy in the West and in America actually for the first time has has now gone down. Uh, and it had nothing. I don't think it has anything necessarily to do with the environment. I think it's due with the, the craziness of, uh, you know, uh, everything from, Psychological issues of lockdowns, of all this other stuff, and the stress that are being put on people's lives uh, by being in a constant state of flux and fear, generated by all the crap that's going on around us. You know, that's an
1: that's an excellent point. And do you remember? Okay, so let's go back uh, uh, forty years. Okay. Remember the remember the phrase "Morning in America."
0: Yeah, Ronald. Yeah, that was
1: Ronald Reagan. Reagan. I and I think it was the eighty four campaign. It might have been the eighty, but it, I think it was no, the eighty four was- campaign
0: that was 84s real that was a real election. Yeah, and yeah.
1: that and and that message of hope and that message of of unity and that message that that yes, that now is our time is a wonderful wonderful thing and that has that has disappeared from public discourse certainly since uh that senile old fuck Biden um fake fake the win of, of the presidency. And uh, you know, that drives misery far more effectively than you know a little bit of a little bit extra pollution and and a quarter point you know a, a quarter degree of global warming and you know the 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 tone certainly in America is so so dismal and I blame Joe Biden I blame the Democrat industrial complex for lack of a better term um and and by the way I do blame the Republicans they don't fight against this and you know the last time Oh gee, can you think of somebody who fights against this this attitude that America is done, that that we are miserable pieces of shit? Yeah, some guy <laughs> named Donald Trump. Exactly. Yeah, and, exactly. and folks, you know, I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump, but he he nailed that one. And I think it's one of the reasons why he he has a a huge huge following in the United States. That 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 positive attitude, that that idea, that ideal rather that that of America. Uh, is very very important. Anyway, I'll stop yep. rambling.
0: No, that that's okay. Your your ramble is is it, it fired a, a point just to you uh, know just a thing that I, that it struck me in in so far as before Obama piss be upon him uh, came on the scene he was pimped as this great unifier and uniter and people had the fatigue with Bush and with the war in Iraq and so on and so forth and you know people fell for the hope and change hooey but they the reason that they fell for the hope and change hooey. Is because they really want hope, not necessarily change or change for the better. They they wanted something to, to to lift this pall of, uh, you know, of anxiety that was brought about because of the war and because of nine eleven. And they fell for this this bullshit. Of course, when once Obama became elected uh, into the office. He was he literally took a took a took an ax to the sense of unity, uh, especially a, a along racial lines that we've had for 50 years, as we talked about in prior podcasts. And that's why Donald Trump, God bless him. He really did. He, he was this guy who was just a proud America booster. And he was, you know, oh, they're coming for me now. He was proud of what of what America was. And he wanted to make America great again, not as some nationalistic, jingoistic you know, a uh, smear of, oh, my God, It's uh, that's exactly what Hitler wanted to do. He wanted to make Germany great again. There's nothing to do with that. He wanted to make America proud of itself again, and, and not just for, for white people or for whoever, but for everybody. And a lot of people saw that. And for a magical period of about three years, boy, we were just really cooking. We were going like gangbusters in turning the economy around, turning our culture around to the extent that we could, with the Democrats always trying to take an axe to it. And national security-wise and foreign affairs, Iran was on the ropes. Iran was literally a, a hair's breadth away from collapsing with the death of that Kasim Soleimani character. And then, of course, with the Abraham Accords, bringing all these disparate groups together from the Middle East with, to, be, to have relations with, with the state of Israel. And, of course, we know what happened with that after the COVID uh, nonsense took hold. But that's what people want. And it's no wonder that people now, with you know inflation running crazy, with their life savings being drained away, with you know the the prospect of Armageddon at any moment, no wonder our life expectancy is going down. Because who the hell wants to, you know, who the hell wants to to go on living like this? So you know, it's 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 such a shame, and it's it's so it's, it's so depressing.
1: Oh, I agree. And, you know, it, the, the comparison between Hitler and Trump. I mean, obviously, it's it's ridiculous, but it, it also shows a profound ignorance of the politics of the Nazi Party, um, and that is, you know, the state is paramount. The Nazis were national socialists. Uh, the state was a was the pinnacle of of social development, and Donald Trump has shown. Pretty significantly, and certainly in his four years as president, that he did not believe that the, that the state was paramount. Uh, the number of, of restrictions on, on simple business activity that he gutted as president was, was, pretty, was pretty impressive. And I think that shows more than any other activity of his that, that he does respect the sense of, of individualism, of the individual in, in American uh, political and social development.
0: And, right, and, look, and look what the state did to him. the state. Yeah, the that's state. true.
1: Oh, ec- excellent point. Anyway, so um, we're running a little long, but I I do want to mention one thing. There is a uh, a five time convicted felon um, who was arrested in Chicago recently uh, for robbing three men on a train. Uh, actually, not recently. It was a couple of years ago. Um, and he was found with cocaine, a cre- a stolen credit card bullets. Oh, my God, bullets and quote, a fully loaded Smith and Wesson. I don't know what that means. Uh, anyway um, a federal judge dismissed his case earlier this month um, and he ruled uh, one of the charges of course was uh, that a a felon possession of a gun is quite illegal in the United States but he said citing a uh, Supreme Court decision from last year the Bruin case um, that uh, you can't charge him with owning a gun because it violates the Second Amendment rights now (laughs) listen the guy should be in prison for Forever because you know, five time convicted felon, um, you know, three armed robberies and an aggravated battery of a police officer on his record already. So he should be in jail forever. But I love the idea that his Second Amendment rights are inviolate. And I don't know, I'm not sure what you think about that, Sefton. But uh, by the way, should I call you Sefton or JJ Sefton? What do you like, formal or informal?
0: Uh, you can call me whatever you like. Uh, you can call me something; <laughs> it's fine. Just as long as so I don't call about, you late for dinner, right? Call me exactly. Don't come I'm yeah. not at your house for sure. Yeah, yeah. One of our commenters actually left a comment: "Goes, why don't you call CBD Chuck?" And I said, "You know, I, you know, okay. I I know if you want me, cause I, it because uh, that it it goes with your part of your CBD. The CB part stands for Charlie Brown or Charlie Browns. I'm not going to tell you what the D stands for, but we can call you Chuck. But whatever, yeah, folks, call me it, for for people
1: who don't who aren't familiar with me on Ace of Spades." Oh, um, no. My, I used a uh, a long uh, nickname on Ace of Spades, and then I shortened it to CBD. Now, this is a long, long time ago, long before you dopers stole my my name. Um, it has nothing to do with marijuana. It has nothing to do with any of that stuff. Uh, it's actually much more offensive. But uh, <laughs> if you if you're curious, you can head over to, to Ace of Spades and uh, and read uh, my comments <laughs> there. Yeah. Anyway, so can what I do you want- think of this?
0: Well, two things. One, um, no, you're no, you're absolutely right. Look, this guy is a felon. I mean, look at it this way. I don't know what laws and how ha- and again, how it is, how the Second Amendment over, you know, uh, is overarching to, to other laws or it takes precedence over other laws. But as a convicted felon, is he not allowed to ha- be in possession of a firearm or do, you know, forget about having a Second Amendment right to possess it? Um, I'm glad that he's in in prison. Yes, absolutely. But I like you. I'm glad that this little codicil of of making at least one judge putting in the record that uh, Second Amendment rights regardless are inviolate. That really, you know, as a bad thing in this instance, it's a good thing for everybody else who believes in the Second Amendment. And so now when when similar cases come before courts, uh, this is kind of in there in the, in the, in the record and people are going to have to argue against it. So obviously the left wing judges are going to throw it out. But, you know, if it gets to SCOTUS or if it gets wherever, um, it's a good thing. And it's a good uh, I, generally speaking in this instance for the Second Amendment, it's a good thing. And the fact that this knucklehead is behind bars is also a good thing but i can one up you on this in this instance uh, on a bad note the new york city council in all its uh, or new yorkers or whoever in all its wisdom just elected one of the thugs that were known as the central central park 5 uh gang rape gang from like you know 20 years ago so what does that tell you you know unbelievable
1: yeah folks the the new york <laughs> city council is if you think that the mayor of new york is a hard left asshole you have no idea what what's really going on in new york these people are elected by a tiny tiny minority who are who who get out the vote and they get what they want the insanity on new york city council is is unbelievable these people Mm -hmm. are these people would embarrass stalin
0: oh yeah you know just for, for those who don't who are not fully aware of this this probably goes back to the late 80s There was a group of five, dare I say it, black youths who went on a spree in Central Park, which was they called wilding, if that uh, rings a bell. And what did they do? They found an innocent white woman who was jogging. They literally accosted her, threw into the bushes, beat the living daylights out of her and repeatedly gang raped her and left her for dead. And of course, uh, this is in the days before really DNA evidence. And one of the arguments, well, there was no DNA evidence. Well, the reason there was no DNA evidence was because there was no DNA, there was nothing to, to, to collect or they couldn't, they, you know, there was no technology involved that they could, they could analyze it at the time. And so these guys pretty much got off whether with a wrist slap or nothing. And it was an infamous incident. And this is one of the reasons I think that led to the, the election of, uh, Rudy Giuliani. I believe this this occurred during the latter days of the uh, the Dinkins administration, and so now one of these knuckleheads has been elected to the city council. Um, and meanwhile, that comes on the on the heels of Eric Adams going crazy about uh, you know the the illegal alien invasion in New York City. What does he decide to do? Uh, cut funding to the police to 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 uh, to help give money for the, the Ill- illegal migrants who are in New York City. Uh, if you live in New York City still and you can't and you can get out and and you don't get out. Uh, it's on you, my friends. I mean, get the hell out. Get out now.
1: Sadly, Sefton is correct. Um, I, uh, you know, New York roared back after the misery of the 70s and 80s uh, because of uh, Rudy Giuliani and and to a lesser extent, uh, Michael Bloomberg. Um, but the situation has changed radically. I wrote about this on Ace of Spades uh, a little while ago. Um, the, yeah. the electorate has changed Um I I got a, a communication from Michael Walsh, who, by the way, knows New York quite well, and he pointed out that New York was, you know, Irish, Italian, and Jewish. Well, it isn't that anymore, um, no. and the, the the sense of of identity and the sense of of community that New York really embraced for a very very long time, in spite of its arrogance and so on and so forth. And I, and I get it; a lot of people don't like New York, but anyway, that's gone. Um, New York is a is a is a collection of minority groups who are in it for themselves. They don't. They don't care about New York City, and uh, they don't vote. And when they do vote, they vote for the wrong people. So um, New York City's prospects, I think, are dismal and getting worse.
0: Yeah, we talked about it last time. I think the the nail the real nail in the coffin is going to be you know the effects of on the real estate, especially the the um, commercial real estate market, uh, because of the lockdowns and because people decided. Oh well, we don't have to. Why spend five hundred dollars square foot on on office space when we don't have to do that anymore? And that's a death spiral. And yeah. I don't think any amount of luxury hotels or this or that is ever going to bring that back. And now, of course, with with uh, crime on, in the streets uh, decriminalized and uh, open season on Jews of all types who are still there, especially in the Hasidic community. Uh, yeah, New York is uh, New York is gone. Goodbye.
1: Yep. Well. Sefton and I decided this was going to be a short one, but it has turned out to be a long one. Um, Folks, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate everything. Uh, And if you have anything to say, uh, go over to uh, cutchipnewsletter.com and comment. We will respond. Um, I know that JJ and I enjoy uh, mixing up with the commenters. So uh, please join us in the comments at uh, CJN. Anyway, thank you very much. And I'll leave it to Sefton to close us out.
0: Absolutely. And just as an addendum to that, uh, you know, I, 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 I tend to sometimes be very, very not snarky, but I'll, I'll make a sarcastic comment, but it's only really I'm just joking, so please don't take what I say seriously, unless of course you're a freaking storm front or troll and in which case you can all go to hell but in any event, uh, this has been the Cut Gib Newsletter Speaks uh, podcast uh, for CBD, it's JJ Sefton thank you all so much for supporting us and hitting the tip jar, it helps out uh, more than you can know and is truly appreciated so uh, we will see you on the Cut Gib Newsletter Radio Network on Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So until then, have a great weekend and we will talk to you soon.
1: Thanks for listening, folks.